Today on the Southern California Real Estate Report, we talk about new housing regulations that are aimed to build more housing near transit. Stay tuned. Good afternoon. This is the Southern California Real Estate Report. This is Bob McGuire and Daniel Wise coming to you from San Diego, California. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Here we are back back at it. Feels like a work week, right? I think the new year is always one of those kind of funny things because, I will, to be honest, I feel like we were really busy, right? We, we haven't stopped being busy. I don't know if we've ever, like, we ever really had a bit of a lull, but typically there's a bit of a lull towards the end of the year. Didn't feel that way. Did not feel that way. I mean, I got away. You know, I went back and went skiing in Colorado. You, what did, what did, what did you guys do? Did oh, you do any travel? LA. You went to LA. No, that, that's it. So you did that. But did you, you guys did something over Thanksgiving, right? No, that's when we went to LA. Oh, we went to LA. LA. Okay. So you've been in town the whole time. I feel like the travel aspect of this year, I feel like everyone's coming back and everyone's like wiped out because those that traveled really. I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. we didn't have to go anywhere that wasn't driving distance. I mean, I, I think a lot of people that did have to travel, I feel like they really, um, they, they really got a heart this year. Yeah, I know. And I'm glad that I went the week before the holiday. So coming back like over that later part, uh, you know, I had a friend that came out for New Year's and just the uh, the look on his face on the way out, you know, when he got in the car was like, oh, my God. So good luck. So we're back at it. And, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the rest will come later in the year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting um, article and probably one of the things that uh, we continue to follow and track is the housing issues here in San Diego. We're probably going to talk a lot more about that this year. We'll probably also be interviewing a few people this year. Right. Um, we have a few interviews that are going to be set up. I think one is going to be with a high-end kind of celebrity L.A. stager that's going to be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to reach back out to her. And um, we have a couple of other real estate people. So um, today's topic and what we want to discuss is what the city proposal is that's kind of on the books right now to um, increase density and um, increase uh, some of the dwelling units that can be built in residential neighborhoods. Yeah, and this it kind of piggybacks on uh, a similar plan that's already in place, which is like higher density near transit centers, right? And expansion of, I think, what would be considered the ADU law. Exactly. Right? So these are just ideas, basically, that as a result of us obviously needing more housing, they are kind of expanding the definition of, I would say, like, increasing the density, increasing the how far you need to be in order for it to qualify as transit-oriented housing, um, and kind of including maybe locations that otherwise were not included before. So San Diego, for those of you that don't know or those of you that aren't familiar with how how the zoning laws get changed across different municipalities. So typically in California, in other states in the United States, um, in, in you as a developer, 
if you're making a change to zoning, it's usually on a one-off basis, right? So if you're going in for a project and you're trying to get a variance or higher density or something like that, you're going to follow a combination of, okay, what are the current rules that are in effect? What's the current zoning on the site? And then what what is it that I'm I'm trying to accomplish? And, and then what is it that's out there that will allow me to potentially accomplish this? So in the form of, in this case, if you're near transit, you get a density bonus. If you're building um, lower income housing, there's bonus that comes with that. So so typically this happens on a one off process, and it's it usually. The, the idea is, is that it kind of slows down the, the progress of getting certain housing types built, right? Because it just makes it harder. It takes longer. It's more protracted. The city of San Diego is different. It's kind of interesting. So they update their zoning laws every year. So they take their master plan and their general plan. And for something like this, they can go in and make that as an annual adjustment. It's kind of a good idea. Because it is something that if if it's not something like an unintended consequence comes out from that zoning change, it can be changed very quickly. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for, you know, some, uh, you know, d- development to come in or for it to get approved. Like, you know, who knows what through voting or something like that. They have the power to do that on an annual basis. So in this case, that is what makes this interesting. So like Danielle said, um, there already is kind of a law on the books that allows you to get this density bonus in areas where you're within a half a mile of transit. Um, They're going to extend that to a mile and they're going to add um, more higher density type projects that potentially could be allowed in what you would consider to be residential neighborhoods. Um, so the development world is, you know, they're all about it. They think this is great. The people that feel like we should be preserving more of the single family residential neighborhoods are, are kind of pessimistic about it. There's kind of two schools of thought. Danielle and I just had kind of a debate about it a little bit offline. And my thought on it is that in some neighborhoods, you know, it's it's it could have a potentially negative effect on property values, depending on what's built and what kind of a neighborhood that is. So it's something that I think you're going to you're going to hear some pretty passionate arguments about um, as this starts to roll out on the other side. I think, Danielle, your point is very good, and that is um, it it gives a greater share of a chance to have an affordable type housing project in an area where you you wouldn't necessarily have it, which the idea behind this is to give you better opportunities at educational um, opportunities in, in, you know, what is maybe a better public school system and the potential to be around higher jobs. That's really the two classifications that are going to give – the go-ahead on some of these well, development in my argument, my argument is, is that, first off, there, there already is an incentive for developers to, to build low-income housing in these neighborhoods, right, in, in any neighborhood, right? If you build a project, you have the option to either include the, um, the low-income housing component within the project or you have or you can build it off-site or, and have it done by, the, by a different developer, right? You can build it somewhere else. But either way... 
cities typically require you to build so much low-income housing for you to get developments off the ground. Right. So to build it within the same place that you're building, you know, market rate units, it's it's already happening. Yeah. And then the other component is is that in community for communities to, I think for communities to operate the best that they can, you have to be able to accommodate a bunch of different income levels, because otherwise you get this kind of like like this influx of. Well, inequality a little, obviously, but then you also realize that people can't afford to work in the neighborhoods or that they – or live in the neighborhoods that they work, right? So I think that, like, you take La Jolla and the UTC, which is predominantly a pretty upper-class neighborhood or city or part of San Diego, if you can't afford to live in that area that you work, then you end up commuting there, right? And you end up causing even more problems in regards to, uh, you know, needing cars or whatever. And, and this is, you know, transit-oriented housing with, because it's within to, uh, now a mile of a transit center. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so that, I guess, is a little that, – that maybe might be a little bit of a muted topic. However, I still think the idea of communities being – I think the, the further we get down the road, the more you're going to see communities starting to become less diverse. And I think the idea is is that you can you can add not necessarily a level of diversity, but you can add at least you can add a level of a, somewhat equality or however you want to put it to these neighborhoods by putting at least some form of of you know housing. That's, that's reasonably affordable in these communities, which are so unaffordable now. And I, I look at it, and I hear what you're saying, and I look at it just a slightly differently in two places, and that is, you know, so one, the zoning that's currently in place, like in a, in a, in a residential neighborhood, let's call it potentially, you know, all R2 zoning, right, or R1 zoning. And so, you know, not knowing what could happen. So the thing that sort of makes me take pause to this is that what they're saying is that um, so the density bonus allows apartment builders to construct 50 percent more units than generally allowed by the zoning for a piece of land and even more in some cases. And then it goes on to say the the bonus program for backyard apartments called accessory dwelling units by the city and often called granny flats by the public allows property owners to build extra units if they agree to rent restrictions on at least one of them. The uh, rent uh, restriction. Yeah, that's right. The proximity to transit is a factor because the number of extra units allowed is limited to one unless the property is close to transit within the half mile radius under existing rules, but within a one mile walk under the new proposal. If the property is close to transit, the number of extra units is unlimited. So having it be unlimited, I think, is like, okay, wait a minute. So if this is like a backyard property and they're going to build an ADU, that's one thing. But if next to other people's backyards or in, you know, higher end neighborhoods where, you know, in California, it's it's hard, right? Because there's there are multi-million dollar properties that are residential properties here. And if all of a sudden a 10-year department building pops up because you're near transit, I, I think there needs to be just this sounds like a fairly broad definition of what's allowed. 
And and I know it's going to be like a case by case basis. I know that there's still sequa and people are going to go in and fight like cats and dogs over this, but it is going to make it really contentious in some of these neighborhoods. Well, and you're really going to see an interesting side to, you know, how people really feel about this. But I think that that's I think that's exactly the point maybe that I essentially I'm trying to make. Right. You're a. You're giving at least the, yeah. You're the, saying hey, it's already out there, and this is still going to be a case by case basis, more or less. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like, it's like San Diego is not all of a sudden become going to become easier, that much easier to build. Yeah. In, but it's it's almost like saying like look, like we're we're giving the opportunity for things to start happening, and and maybe I, I just don't. I, I think that 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 you know. You, People get scared off by these things a lot faster than they need to be. Yeah. It's not going to all of a sudden change your neighborhood that much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think that that isn't going to happen. I think that maybe a few people are going to add accessory dwelling units to their their homes and try to make a, a you know some money on it, and that's already happening quite a bit already. So I yeah. don't really think it would be anything to really worry about there. I don't think building an apartment complex that is affordable housing in La Jolla is necessarily going to change La Jolla, right? Like it's it's still what it it's still the neighborhood and it's still I I I think it's a cautionary tale to be like well just this opens up because you're right we still have all these other components that are going to be factored in that are going to cut these things down and yeah I mean you're, it's going to be a dogfight no exactly. matter what and you know the neighbors are going to be just come, become more organized and yeah. you know people are going to fight more yeah, yeah. and it's going to be you know so there's going to be a lot this is just kind of like an open door it's almost like saying hey we're inviting the opportunity so it's a good thing from a housing standpoint and just to go through some of the numbers so the proposed rule that they're that they're that they're trying to uh, promote here um, would make an additional 5,224 acres close enough to transit to be eligible for developer density bonuses. The changes would also increase 4,612 acres um, that are available right now for the backyard apartment bonus program. So that's a lot of additional buildable land that potentially could be used for ADUs, for smaller apartment buildings, for junior ADUs, things like that. So, you know, if if you own real estate like that, this is a golden era. Yeah. This is a golden era. Isn't it? Like you've never seen anything better. And if you're an investor, then give us a call. We'll help you find those deals. I mean, like I'm all for it. But at the same time, if you live in an area, then you better start driving around your neighborhood and looking for where the bus stops are because, you well, know, no, those neighborhoods are going to be targeted. I'm I'm pro-development, but what I don't want is, is you know, we're, we're not exactly a Manhattan. You know, if, if we were like a New York City, I understand that things would be going up and you wouldn't tell one block from the next really because they're all – you know, big buildings or whatever. And, but you know, there's, it's, it's, it's different when you have everything would basically be similar to North park. Yeah. That's what you would have, you know, and, and then you could have, you know, higher, higher, you know, heights on some of these buildings and higher density, depending on what they're saying, since basically they're saying it potentially could be quote unquote unlimited. So if it meets that. So I think there needs to be a refining of, you know, what these rules are going to be so everyone understands them. And then we'll see what happens. My point is, and something that was brought up in this article, is that I think you're overly optimistic to think that if you build, uh, you know, multi-unit 
buildings near bus stops, people are just automatically going to take the bus. I just, I think that's, that's just short-sighted thinking, but that's me, you know? Yeah. I think so, stations, um, you know, you know I, I understand the idea behind, you know, the green movement and government thinks different than the private sector and everything like that. But to just sort of put this broad, like sort of, you know, brush on it and say, well, you know, if you live near a bus stop, then, yeah, we'll let you build 10 more units because, you know, everyone's going to take the bus that lives in that building. It's like, Maybe. And I guess I, you, I'm not I guess sure you're about right. that. I mean, I guess that's just you know, right. We're still so reliant on our cars that it's going to be Just a the tough geography bite. of the city. This is going to be a groundbreaking thing. So this is kind of a fun thing to start the year with. We'll continue to follow this. This is going to be a really heated thing. This will become the new Vogue thing that you're going to see if you're out looking at real estate deals, this is going to be marketed heavily. So keep your eye out for that, you know, and uh, you know, when you're out looking at real estate, don't forget to look for the bus stops and the transit areas. Cause you know, that could make it very valuable. Yeah. So thanks for listening today. This is the Southern California real estate report.